Welcome back to another episode of Journey to Higher Consciousness, where we are endeavoring to explore what higher consciousness looks like, what it feels like, and how we can help other people in this exploration. So I'm your co-host, David Drugliever, and I'm on here with Jeff Bayless, my co-host as well, and also he is the host of The Evolution Podcast. So today, we're going to talk about emotional intelligence, but Jeff, how are you? How are your emotions, man? <laughs> uh, super good, man. I work for the federal government. I have a three-day weekend, so there you go. There's thing one. I mean, my emotional uh, well-being starts off with a three-day weekend, so that's a plus. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, we're going to do our best, but this is probably one of those topics that we could circle back to because it's just so, you know, there, there's so much meat on the bone here, as you like to say, right? There's so many uh, layers to this onion, you know, on on how to expand not only your consciousness, but your emotional intelligence, right? And and it, I guess even better, you know, do you ever arrive? Absolutely not. You know, your emotional intelligence is always expanding, uh, hopefully uh, always evolving in a positive and, uh, you know, just a better direction for yourself and those around you. So, um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited to be here and talk about this topic. So, what, what do you, uh, what, do you what, what, you know, what comes up for you like right off the bat, like when you think about emotional intelligence? Well, first, tactically, I think this should be some kind of multi-part series, and we're going to come back to and weave in this motif of the importance of emotional intelligence over and over again in future episodes, suffice it to say. So the other thing that came up to me is, yay, it's celebrated a three-day weekend, so happy early President's Day, and also is your happiness predicated on having a three-day weekend or is that <laughs> just the thing that you brought up you know wanted to challenge you there uh it's just something to say yeah i mean it is honestly, something to say yeah i mean it's just explain you know exchanging uh pleasantries right uh also mm. a part of emotional intelligence right you know <laughs> nice i, I yeah. like what you did there yeah thank you um you know <laughs> i don't know that uh I mean, there, there's a whole rabbit hole you could go down to and, you know, is finding your worth or finding your purpose in your work or where do you find your purpose? Right. So, no, I mean, certainly uh, would open a can of worms here to go down that that thread. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, that's what no, we do, it, man. We're my emotional intelligence here, does not. So <laughs> <laughs> my emotional intelligence is not revolve around uh, having a three day weekend. So <laughs> copy that uh, yeah i was ribbing you a little bit there so okay so i want to chunk this down really into one thing so again we can go on ad infinitum about what is emotional intelligence and why is it important to have skillfulness in emotional intelligence and here's what i want to make my banner cry for this recording which we're going to keep short today is the first thing that comes up for me when i think about emotional intelligence is first of all before i go into that right, is tony robbins said that the quality of your life is the quality of your emotions yeah. so if you want a good life you want to have good emotions and so not just for yourself but you want to be surrounded by people that have good emotions too people that have a high emotional quotient so when we talk about emotional intelligence we're also talking about having a high emotional quotient or i would say skillfulness in managing emotions so let's give one example and this has come up for me over and over again especially in the last couple of weeks where i've been challenged emotionally and the first thing that comes up is giving a generous interpretation to your own emotions and definitely for other people's 
actions and what they say and their emotions as well. Giving generous interpretations. So what does that mean? That means if someone is angry, you can easily say, you're always angry. Why are you like this? I don't like what you're doing and saying. I feel impinged upon. You're crossing my boundaries. And certainly a lot of those things are valid. But the question is, well, why are they feeling that way? Where is the anger coming from? And is there a way that you can put a lens on what they are saying and how they're acting that says something like, ah, they have a need that's not being met. Therefore, they are angry. They have a pattern inside of them that says, if this certain thing happens, they then act out of anger. Can we be curious about that? Can we explore that together? Can we ask honest, in good faith questions about where that's coming from? Can we say, ah, yes, they're angry, but it also means they likely care so much about something, that's why they're angry to begin with. If they didn't care, if they were numb, if their soul was just dead, then they wouldn't have feelings of anger. If you don't care about anything, you'd never get angry. So those yeah. are the kinds of talk tracks in your mind and to have with other people that I would say are attributes of your giving generous interpretations to other people and of course to yourself as well, especially when they're very challenging emotions. Yeah, those are all really good, you know, jumping off points for this this topic. But I also think, well not but, and I also think the, uh, you know, what comes up for me is you're, as I'm listening to you talk about, uh, you know, those, it's, it's maybe, you know, part of people making assumptions, right? And so in a lot of things, we want to have speed to trust, right? We want to have speed to uh, results. We want to have speed to uh, action, right? So if, uh, you know, if there's something in your life that you feel passionate about, then we want to be uh, expeditious and, and, you know, efficient in our nature in order to achieve that, you know, that next level, right? If somebody's beating around the bush, I'm the type of person that will ask a direct question to get right to what are we talking about here? What exactly does that mean, right? Speed to uh, understanding concepts, right? And with emotional intelligence, it requires an extreme amount of patience, I think, uh, which is kind of, it goes congruently in, in line with what you were saying, you know, the most appreciative version of whatever, you know, your assumption is of what somebody is processing or maybe meant by what they said, that requires an extreme amount of patience too. You know, that requires you to sit with it for a minute and just say, you know, I don't necessarily have to make a decision right now. There may not be any action on my part. You know, maybe the best action is no action. You know, maybe I just let, they said what they needed to say. Uh, and, you know, I find myself saying this a lot. It's not, I don't necessarily have to agree with you. I don't necessarily have to, let's say you came at me and said like, um, you know, I want to move the project in this direction and, you know, th th these are my goals and, you know, all the way down the, the, the line here. I don't necessarily have to say, yes, I agree with you and we are going to, we're going to take this project on that, in that direction, right? Or if you're in a relationship and somebody says like, hey, we need a new refrigerator, like, you know, you don't necessarily have to say, yes, let's go buy that refrigerator right now. But what you can say and what you can acknowledge another person and say, I hear you, you know, I heard what you said, I understand, and I'm just going to exercise a little bit of patience before I say anything else. Because, you know, there have been a lot of times in my life, Dave, where like I was quick, quick to reaction 
And, you know, maybe that next day or later that night, I was like, yeah, I probably could have handled that better. If I had just held on to that for another couple of hours, you know, I might have come around to a more skillful way to communicate what I was really trying to say. And maybe understanding, you know, now that I'm not so emotionally charged, maybe understanding where they were actually coming from. Maybe like you were saying, you know, maybe they're coming from a place of hurt. And so that's why they, you know, lash out. Right. Or maybe they were coming from a place of frustration or their their patience has been completely taxed. They're just completely out of patience at this point. And so I would just kind of like to. Mm. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw it back over to you. But, you know, in summary, I guess I would just say, you know, to add to what you said, you know, a little bit of patience goes a long way. You know, so what comes up for me when you say that and, and that was really good stuff. So when we talk about having hard conversations, what sets up? the conversation for success. So if something happens and there is friction or animosity that was generated between you and someone else, you want to have the conversation to disentangle whatever just happened. Maybe you didn't give a generous interpretation. Maybe you were not well rested and you just were frazzled and you felt tired and exhausted and fatigued. So, and then you tried to have this conversation and maybe you weren't patient and you just tried to rip off the bandaid or just dump on someone all the things that were bothering you. So, so what I'm talking about here is another part of skillfulness and emotional intelligence is recognizing that if you're going to have a hard conversation with someone and you know that there are going to be emotional things that come up, set up the conversation for success. So things like, and you alluded to a lot of them, being patient. So to me, that's timing on when to have a conversation. Is now a good time? That. Is yeah, this a good yeah. time? Huge. Should we be talking about this or can we allow for space to then have this conversation at a better time? So that's yeah. thing one. And then thing two is our, how is our energy? Are we even rested up enough to where we can have this conversation from a physical, mental, emotional, rested up perspective. Maybe we're drained emotionally. We don't have anything left in the tank emotionally. So think right. about those things that set your, you up for success, especially when it's a complex, highly nuanced and emotionally challenging conversation. No, absolutely, dude. I, you know, and I, not to pivot too hard, but, you know, that's a kind of a good segue towards, you know, we're talking about how we respond or act around others with emotional intelligence. And, you know, we can come back to it later if we, we haven't, you know, finished, finished this entire thread, but I do want to, you know, throw it out there and put the, put the ball in the field with this idea that, you know, our own emotional intelligence and how we are processing things ourselves, right? How are we uh, internalizing what others are saying to us? How are we internalizing our own self-talk, right? Uh, what is your mind space around self-love, self-trust? Uh, what's your mind space around uh, your body image, your financials, your purpose in life, your tribe, like all of these things that fill up your cup. So if you, if you, you know, it's cliche for a reason, things are cliche because they, they're, they're true. Uh, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup, right? So a part of your emotional intelligence and how you interact with others in order to, you know, skillfully communicate. I feel like we're kind of going back to the communication 101, 102 episode, uh, you know, series, 
because it all comes back, you know, it's all circular, it's all connected. But, you know, in order for you to be an effective communicator and exercise your emotional intelligence, you first have to look inward and ensure that, you know, your cup is full so that when you're communicating externally with these people that may be doing, uh, causing unintentional harm towards you or you know it, it gives you a place to stand firm in your ground you know maybe throw up your shield a little bit and not let those things affect you and it gives you the tools to skillfully navigate uh when somebody uh maybe just maybe they do have the emotional intelligence and maybe they do have the skills but they don't have the you know like we were d- discussing earlier you know for whatever reason they're not using that right now and if you are also in the same dark place well, you know, two negative magnets, I mean, you're going to repel each other. You know, it's, it's not going to be beneficial. So uh, what are your thoughts on that? You know, just internally, mm-hmm. uh, how, you're, how you're ensuring your well-being? Oh, I love it. It's such a great question. And I'm going to land the plane with this one. Again, we're keeping it short. So what comes up for me is put your own oxygen mask on first before you try to help others or go into tricky situations. Put your own oxygen mask on first. We understand these things on a physical plane. When you're in an airplane, you're looking at, if anyone does these days, looking at the safety guide. (laughs) It says, ah, oxygen mask on first. And you say, yes, that makes sense because how am I going to put it on my kid if I'm passed out? If you're passed out, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But when it comes to our internal state, we don't think about it similarly and i know it's a little rough it's not a one-to-one per se but it is a skillful metaphor to use how can you give if you have nothing in your tank so and this is a talk track that you ought to use with the people that are close to you or your business partners and so on hey i need to put on my oxygen mask first and then i can bring the best version of myself to the table because this conversation is important. This is so important. I want to be the best version of myself so we can have this conversation Absolutely. and that we can bring and create the most together with the best version of ourselves. Yeah, that's that's hard to do. It really is. Um, and I don't know that, uh, you know, you and I at, at 40 years old, we probably just now got close to being amateurs at it, right? You know, uh, it, it, it's very difficult to do that in the moment, uh, but if you can even just attempt it, right? If it's even a a thought, you know, that, you know, the interpretation of that thought may not come out as skillfully as you wanted it to, but if, you know, if you give yourself a little bit of credit for just even for a half a second, a nanosecond that you said, you know what? Let me just breathe right now in this moment. You know, like I'm emotionally charged. Uh, I, I'll tell you a quick, very quick story. Uh, my neighbors do not like my motorcycles and they complain to the homeowners association about because I go to work very early. Right. And so here's oh, an exercise. God, you're that guy. Yeah. So here's an exercise <laughs> in emotional intelligence. Well, Dave, I mean, we talked about freedom, right? Like this is someone trying to infringe upon my freedom to ride my mm. motorcycle. You know what I mean? In, in my neighborhood, like I, I pay what they pay, you know, to live here. Uh, anyway, the, the point is not about the motorcycles and, and I have made some efforts to, you know, I push it out into the street and, and anyway, um, not about the motorcycles. The point is it was an exercise and, and a good, um, you know, if I tell people the story, they're like, I would have just revved that damn engine, you know, or I would have just told that lady and that guy to get lost, you know, and all the things. Well, what does that actually, what does that gain me? 
you know, that just pours more fuel into the fire, right? So in that moment, I can just take a breath. I can just take a beat, let them say what they need to say, maybe implement some actions that will, you know, somewhat mitigate the noise, right? I'm not going to completely, you know, I'm not going to sell my motorcycles, sell it. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm certainly not doing that, but I will. You're just going to do circles in his front yard, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do some donuts, some burnouts. Donuts, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like smoke and mud <laughs> flying all over the place at 4.42 a.m. on a Tuesday morning. <laughs> well, Bamel Middle School, Jeff Bayless would have totally done that, yeah. Uh, yeah, but... I still remember when you're in the Roadrunner and you would block the entrance to the neighborhood when someone... <laughs> Someone try to come in and get past you. You you would so just bad. accelerate forward and and keep them from going around you. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm I, blushing. You can't tell because I'm so pale next to you. But I'm blushing because I'm embarrassed about this behavior. But God, um, I am still I'm still embarrassed for you. Thinking back on it, thirty years later. <laughs> That's good. I'm, I'm embarrassed for you. Thinking about it. <laughs> but yeah, to my point, you know, it was an exercise and emotional intelligence right to allow that person to say what they needed you've to say pretty far man <laughs> you've come pretty far that's yeah. why i shared that story no i got you yeah it, it gives some color right puts it in 4d instead of 3d yeah so <laughs> when the par is that low anything <laughs> can only passes, go up from there right yeah. score. <laughs> you're making the corners of my mouth hurt dude calm down <laughs> right. i'll do that for you out so of emotional the, intelligence so the exercise, you know, and the takeaway there from that short story is, you know, I allowed the person to say what they needed to say, get it off their chest. I exercised, you know, a little bit, you know, I, I made some efforts to mitigate it in order to, you know, show them in a, in a maybe, maybe it does still wake them up, you know, but, but I, you know, they can see that I'm making efforts, right? I'm, I'm attempting to bridge the gap, right? I even went over and had a conversation with the guy later, like, this is what I'm going to do to try to mitigate it. And, you know, to be frank, were, were they super cool about it? Absolutely not. You know, was, was it necessary to contact the homeowner association? I don't really think so. We probably could have had a conversation that would have revolved around how to mitigate it, right? But the point is, even though I was, you know, my, my quote unquote freedom was infringed upon, there was an emotionally skillful and intelligent way to respond to that situation. And part of that was just taking a beat, you know, just taking a breath, just letting it sit for a little bit, come back to it when I'm not charged emotionally, you know, when, you know, I've had some time to think it through, maybe think about it from their position. I mean, they're directly across from me, so I could see how the exhaust might, you know, just point directly in their house, right? So probably I've not, I've never been in their house, so maybe it reverberates something crazier than what I'm imagining in my house. You know, I have no idea. I have not been on that side of the street, right? So, um, just probably a pretty good analogy. You know, maybe it's relevant to some people, maybe others not. But uh, you know, the the point there was to take a beat, take a pause, you know, take a breath give it some patience, give it a little bit of time to process so that you can skillfully and also, you know, make, make efforts, you know, maybe you don't have to come all the way to the other side of that spectrum. Maybe you don't have to completely do a 180 from where you were, but make some efforts so that it shows the other person, Hey, I care. I didn't just dismiss you. You know, um, maybe I'm not willing to come all the way to where you're trying to get me to go, but I'm making effort because it is important. I'm a neighbor of yours. We need to live in this neighborhood together. Uh, you know, you're, you're my partner, you're my spouse. 
you know, you're my business partner, whatever that thing is, you know, just a little bit of effort goes a long way because it lets them know I did not dismiss you and I do care. Awesome. Well, let's land the plane and thank you for sharing that story. So <laughs> thanks for sharing the high school story. The road hey, man, time. You want me to sling out another one? I think it, I think I got a whole whole mountain of those actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all oh, right. Man. Well, all right. Um, as always, any feedback is helpful. Keeps this project going. If we don't get any feedback, we'll just abort. I would say, <laughs> you know, we're trying to <laughs> share light and love with everyone. If no one cares, hey, have fun with your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so you can reach me at. I got a new shtick. It's talkwithdavid.coffee. If you want to send like me that, a video way. message, talkwithdavid.coffee, making it super easy to send me a note. I don't do text. Low power form of communication. So send me a video message. Talkwithdavid.coffee. And you can reach Jeff. You can listen to his podcast on the Evolution Podcast. Jeff Bayless is the host. And how else can folks reach you or what else is the call to action? And let's land the plane. Uh, Flow.page forward slash Jeff Bayless underscore. That's probably the best way uh, if you're looking to do one-on-one or if, you know, if I can help you in any way. That's, that's the easiest way. Flow.page forward slash Jeff Bayless underscore. All right. Hit up Jeff's Flow page. And thanks for tuning in, folks. Later, bro.